It's Tennessee Titans talk. We're not even 10 minutes since Titans pull off a comeback overtime victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And fellas, after we had those two really good sustained drives, they ended in field goals. One ended with Derrick Henry taking a snap over his head. I thought, we don't deserve to win this game. Guys, we went from that to beating the Ravens in a really important, really big fashion. Start with Mm. you, John. Our second half is where we showed our true colors. And I always like our chances in a close game. And the difference today was Corey Davis, it was Derrick Henry, it was A.J. Brown, and it was Harold Landry. Those are my guys I'm calling out specifically. A.J. Brown's playing grown man football. Let's call it like it is, fellas. That touchdown grab that he had. just don't see that ever really in the NFL. Never. I, I don't think we've seen a receiver like A.J. Brown. Oh, it That was just such a as-anticipated physical game, and I've never been more happy to have a receiver like A.J. Brown wow. on the team. And just, yeah, breaking tackles, fighting for every yard. And then Derrick Henry, just as we were – just as we said earlier in the week, right? You just mm-hmm. feed him in the second half. We're going to wear did. him down. And, man, that that, yeah. that that run was just amazing at the end. So, love it. It's just like let him, let him do his thing. <laughs> it just speaks to the heart of this team. And you guys talked about how it was a war out there. There were so many injuries on both sides. And I think already missing Roger Saffold, so we have our second-string left guard. Midway through the third quarter, we have to go to our third-string left tackle. Derek Roberson, a guy who's only been playing for three weeks, an undrafted guy. He's having to be our second-best edge rusher. Harold Landry has to play every single snap, and he still gives it all. Oh, And that's just, yeah. that's just the character showing through, because at the end of the first half, I was telling you guys, we don't deserve to only be down four. They've been beating us up. We've just gotten lucky, but they bounced back. We only had to punt twice. We found stops when we needed to, and just Tannehill snapped out of his funk right when we needed them to. So let's start back at the beginning of the game. John, we'll start with you. Some words were exchanged. Apparently we were uh, on the crest there. I think Mike Vrabel looks like he came to uh, break it up and wind up having words with uh, Coach Harbaugh. What? Yeah. Of course, that's the perfect way to start this. I tie all this uh, negativity into uh, our game in January, but uh, what's your take on, on the pregame festivities? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, especially with how things ended for us in January, uh, you know, there in Baltimore and over that number one, number one seeded team, I mean – showed them up and I think there's still a lot of animosity between these two teams as there always has been uh, but especially now you know reuniting after that that game um, and it all started off with Malcolm Butler getting chippy with Harbaugh and then like you said I think Frable <laughs> came in to break it up and then was in there and just you know started mouthing off to Harbaugh and they needed to have you know people literally separate them and you, you gotta love a head coach that hold on let me rephrase that at times you have to love a head coach that gets that emotional uh, because, you know, we've seen moments where he's lost his cool in a bad way and it's hurt us. But as a player, seeing your head coach get that fired up and be on the same page as some of those guys, whether it's justified or not, it's always exciting. And it's always, it it gives you that little extra fire. The balance in the world is right when the Ravens do not like the Titans players and vice versa. It's just the, to me, that's, that's the way it should be. Right. I completely agree. I, I think, um, you know, generally speaking, I'm not a fan of when the players go on the, you know, the middle of the field and sort of make a show uh, on the opponent's field. But I thought that that was a great sign for us. You know, like just given we haven't been playing well the last couple of weeks, we knew this game was going to be chippy. 
And the fact that we would go on their on their midfield crest <laughs> and, and make a little bit of a show, I'm like, okay, the boys are ready to play because you're not right. about to get you're not about to get punked if you're setting the tone that way. So I love no. it. That's a great point. And you know, I normally don't like that sort of thing either. But the way our defensive backfield and what they've been through this year, Landon, for Butler to open up with that, you've got to back that up. The difference in this game for me is the difference we're going to have to see if we're going to indeed be a contender. The plays on the ball made by our defensive backfield, Mm. Butler, Hooker, at the end of the game, your boy, Desmond King, everybody was kind of in position. Nobody was wide open like we've seen at times this year, but some really timely, tough plays. So I think they took that bit of swagger that they had pregame, and you could see it on the field, right, Lamp? Bayard and Hooker, both in the first quarter, saved touchdowns on drives that became field goals. That saved the game. And like you said, I think I would like to hope this is the defense becoming more comfortable with this new scheme, the new play calling. Their instincts are starting to kick in because these were perfect plays. These were the plays they were making last year when we thought we had a top 10 defense. And going back to Malcolm Butler, it seems like after every single play, he was about ready to fight somebody. I just love the energy he brings. Like we saw mm-hmm. with Jeffrey Simmons last year. When you're on the road, when you're the underdog, when you're in a tough environment, you're starting backups all over the place. You have to have that edge, and Butler provided that today, and we didn't take anything from them. Tannehill took several big hits, mm-hmm. a couple cheap hits. Start off overtime, makes a big play. He takes a bit of a late hit. He walks back up to the line. He's smiling right to the camera. And then, you know, when he's smiling after that, you know we've gone the bad. We're confident we've got that edge. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree. He's incredibly tough, and I mean, you know, I, I, it's a miracle he made it out of Miami alive. <laughs> but uh, right. but I mean, we're just seeing how tough he truly is, and I almost wonder if Miami had a little bit of a better team around him, if the narrative wouldn't have been completely different. I think the longer that he's good here, um, I think that is going to stand out because uh, now we look back on that team, and they, I think they were pretty pretty awful. Uh, Miami did not do him justice. And uh, unfortunately, around the league, I think we're seeing some good quarterbacks that are just going to be, you know, you see Burrow get hurt for the season today. And the look on his face and and you just kind of know everybody knows that they they don't deserve a player like that. They haven't had the infrastructure, very few good spots on that team. And so he's just going to get beat up. Maybe in six years, Burrow will go to a contender. You never know. (laughs) 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 Guys, let's talk about the play calling. I was really impressed with Arthur Smith's play calling today from that first drive, which was just outstanding, and then especially in the second half. When we stalled, uh, that had nothing to do with play calling. Yeah, I, I thought down the stretch especially. I mean, just so many great, you know, early down passes by Tannehill when you saw that Baltimore was gearing up to stop Derrick Henry. So I, I thought that was great. Corey Davis was just outstanding. And then just, yeah, Lisa, we were running the ball well. There were a couple of questionable calls in the first half, I, I'd argue, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but but down the stretch, certainly in the second half, I thought it was a very, very, very clean, well-played uh, first uh, – or down the stretch second half. Yeah, that last series, uh, they put the ball – I was worried that the ball was in the air so much. Yeah. Uh, but they put the ball out of harm's way on the outside, and they – I think it's taken four seasons, but they've learned how to use Corey Davis. Corey Davis is mm-hmm. not A.J. Brown. He's not going to get behind guys, and I don't see him as super explosive. But if they throw it to him, 
He is going to catch yeah. it. And honestly, the way that the, we have used Davis, you know, it, it gets better, but it is so mind boggling to me. I know I've said this to all you guys before, and we've talked about it. Never gets a ball put right on the numbers. It's always some acrobatic catches. Mm-hmm. And he was targeted seven times today, and had, he caught five of those balls for 113 yards. And the two that mm-hmm. he missed were ones that no human could ever make. And that's that's the thing that drives me crazy about not Corey Davis, but about the throw the, the balls being thrown to him. I mean, he was incredible today. He he's an incredible blocker. Um he's just really, really a really good receiver. But there are times where we just like find him in the craziest looks and stretches, toss it twelve yards over his head and expect him to make it. But today he proved it. If you hit him on the numbers, he's gonna do great things. We had a lot of guys stand out on on offense, and uh, that's usually what it takes. But it all started and ended with Derrick Henry. In the first half, like the rest of the team, he was completely stuck in the mud. He couldn't really find any gaps. But we should just come to expect that's what he does. In the last eight games of the season, when it's the second half, he gets better, the opposing defense gets worse, holes that shouldn't be opened by second and third string offensive linemen suddenly become enough because everyone else is tired and he's still ready to go. Just the absolute strength of the guy where Deshaun Elliott just gave him a complete smacking where he was starting to fall down. He took a shot straight to the collarbone and up. He's off for two or three plays. We extend the drive. He's back in. He's handling another five, six carries like it's nothing. Yeah, who is Deshaun Elliott, by the way? I, I haven't seen anybody put a hit, Derry, on uh, Henry like that mm-hmm. before. And that guy throughout the games. I don't know if Baltimore has like a special camp for these people where they <laughs> come out of nowhere, but what the heck? That guy was really good. Yeah, I mean, that, I've never seen Derrick Henry shook for a minute. Like, I haven't seen you know, that. <laughs> they're a physical uh, team. They're just – they're a they tough are. team. And, uh, and yeah, everybody's got to hit the, hit the ice buckets tonight. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I was actually thinking a lot about is that this game against Baltimore could not have come at a more perfect time in the season for us, given that we played on Thursday and had a little bit of an extended break. Like, this is oh, yeah. not the team to play. Um, on a regular schedule <laughs> for us to give, especially Absolutely. with such an early buy in the season. So this was a great, yeah. uh, a greatly timed uh, schedule. For us. Oh yeah. Yeah. We talked about that on the podcast and I think it does help to have this, that little mini vacation that we had. And we certainly used it wisely from a play calling standpoint, guys, at some point, big fella, are we going to run out of linemen? Uh, really <laughs> impressive effort by our depth at offensive line, man. Yeah. We just, that we were able to still get a push uh, was a credit, I think, to the program was a credit to Henry and the play calling. But uh, what happened to Ben Jones on that play? Just looked like he got bloodied up. Uh, was there? A oh, there was. Yeah, that? that 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 play actually got me really mad because I forget which player it was, but one of the Ravens' defensive tackles complete. You can you can literally see his hand go through his face mask mask and he's finger gouging Ben Jones and that's when he came out and Jamil Douglas came in and that terrible snap oh my goodness yeah why <clears> would they his first snap be to anybody but yeah uh, to somebody he's never snapped to to Henry why would they I don't understand it you know I've played center before and I've made those terrible snaps where they go over the quarterback's heads and there is nothing Nothing that feels worse when you're an offensive lineman and you are personally responsible for a big loss like that. You know, and they might have had a perfect play drawn up. You know, ha- having Henry back there and Tannehill split out wide, it could have been something incredible. But the fact that he's solely responsible for that, and again, we texted about it. I don't put that on him. Like you just said, Arthur Smith, it, it, it's his first snap. I don't know if he, Arthur Smith wasn't paying attention that Jones was out. 
I don't know what the deal was, but you can't do that to him. The Ravens, they did some definite eye gouging on that play, and that, that got me furious. And we saw a couple cheap hits on the Ravens. We saw a clipping penalty. I don't know the last time I saw a clipping penalty. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the dirty birds. This game was certainly frustrating at points, uh, but we get the win. I guess it's better, uh, Derry, to be – a lot of times we've been the team that should have won and lost on the end. Seems like a lot. We just really – play poorly in the second and third quarters and then find a way to win in the fourth. We did it again today. This was a game for Titans fans that I'm sure uh, took a year off their life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I was so mad. I was so dejected. Like (laughs) that, uh, that first half it's like, uh, yeah, we, we really didn't deserve anything that we were getting there. We weren't playing well. Um, You know, we still haven't really solved the, the third down defensive issues that we have with getting off the field, although there were certainly uh, it was better this week, but there's still um, some opportunities. I, I also think what's what was key is special teams was solid, right? It was a clean game. The kicking game was good, right? right? Gaskowski <laughs> made both of his kicks, hey. which was great. Yeah, I want to point out he was <laughs> yeah, not wearing socks today. <laughs> <laughs> we can't underscore this game was close enough that uh, we couldn't have done that without them, but you're right. Uh, it gets kind of forgotten when they do their job, but we <laughs> Uh, it absolutely, this one hinged on uh, those guys executing, and they did today. Yeah, and FedEx didn't mess up either of his two puns. <laughs> I love that we make fun of this guy for working for us. Right. Well, I just, I, I mean, terrible. I could be a FedEx delivery package driver. I, I cannot be a punter in the NFL. There has to be something there, and I really need to know why they hate Ryan Allen so much, because that guy kicked incredible against uh, Chicago. And for him to be cut and then put back on the practice squad, I just I don't understand. Who does your game ball go to today? Well, I think I'll go a bit outside the box. Don't want to hit on obvious names. I would say Amani Hooker. Mm-hmm. He played a really underrated game. We were missing Kenny Vaccaro, so this was Hooker's first time having to be a starter. And he played great. I, I didn't see him as responsible for any big plays. He had a pass breakup in the end zone. He had a few more pass breakups. And, of course, he had the interception on a Lamar Jackson deep ball. It helped us turn the game around. We turned that into, into a field goal. And then the next drive, we score a touchdown to take the lead. For a guy who's the backup to come in against a good team, not make mistakes, rejuvenate the offense by forcing a turnover, just kudos to him. He's our next late-round pick turned uh, quality NFL star. Oh, I definitely right think so. I love Amani Hooker, and we've seen him in a couple games where he has really laid the wood on some guys, and he he knows how to tackle. And honestly, that's something I always love about Big Ten You know, defensive players. They are not afraid to tackle people. They are going to hit you, and he is no exception. I think my game ball is going to go to A.J. Brown. Uh, this was, uh, I think, as, as Jonathan said, this was big boy football day. We needed... Uh, AJ to to not only make plays but play physical. That that touchdown score in the fourth quarter was yeah. the, the difference between that that could be our season right there. Right, that play could be oh, you know, whether or not Easily. we make the playoffs is, is hinges on that play. So uh, I'm going to go with AJ Brown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. With our team, you can't assume that we were going to score on another play. You you get in the end zone when you can get in the end zone. We proved that earlier. And even more impressive is that A.J. Brown had that drop early. He had a big drop last yeah. week. And then he kind of has that mentality, like you said, that mental toughness to come back and then do what he did. That's even more impressive. What I love about him, Derry, is I've been watching the NFL since I was 10 years old. I'm 40. I can't think of a comp for this guy in year two. <laughs> and I love that about him. Like, I always say, oh, he's like this, he's like that. 
there are other really great receivers, of course, in that span of time, but nobody that I can quite remember being that strong, that tough, that explosive yeah. at his Jim, size. Yeah. Jim Brown as a receiver? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, he's kind of hard to chart what he would do, but uh, that is such a good sign what he did today. But I'm going to give it to Tannehill. He played a really smart game. Um, he had one pick, which we talked about it during the game, and he rushed that throw. He was afraid of getting hit. But after that, yeah, he, he settled down, and you know he was really smart with his runs. That's what really proves to me is that he's our guy. He he knows when to take off, and he knows when to get the first down. And he, he just was really efficient with the ball today. He even ran four, four carries for 35 yards. But as far as passing, he was 22-31 for 259 two touchdowns and a pick. So my ball goes to, to Tannehill because he, he commanded the offense. He drove them on long drives. Uh, he, he's a big reason why we are in this position. Derrick Henry today didn't have tons of room, and we saw him repeatedly, especially in those last two drives, just bounce mm-hmm. off of people, bounce off of the crowd. And uh, that looks easy when you're watching at home. But to have that kind of vision, uh, Dennis Kelly – he has said before, I've heard him in interviews say, you know, I'm not as athletic as Tether One, and uh, I'm not as big as Jack and strong as, as uh, Jack Conklin, but the guy is found a way to stay healthy and just says so tough and is always there. Now, they're not going to wow you, but they did enough today, and Derrick Henry uh, is an absolute What superstar. did we get him for, like a sixth-round pick? No, we got him for a guy who never played. Oh, uh, DGB, that's NFL. right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, a guy who showed up overweight to Philadelphia Eagles training camp and was quickly cut from the active roster when they had nobody. I forgot about that. So I am terrified of overtime. All NFL fans are because you get to that point and you have the possibility of losing without ever touching the ball on offense. So they get the ball first, Landon. Lamar Jackson, he's just not quite himself throughout the game. Uh, we saw him look lost at times. Now, the throws that he made – especially to uh, Mark Andrews, unbelievable. But generally, he's just not the same guy as last year. Uh, walk me through that, that offensive uh, possession for the Ravens in overtime. Well, what made it even more surprising is that right before that, we let them do whatever they wanted. They took two minutes and they walked down the field and they got a field goal. They easily could have won the game, but they just couldn't find the end zone. But they just walked all over us to tie the game, and we should have ended the game by holding them fast. Then in overtime. We get a great stop on first down, make it second and eight. And then we finally get our first sack of the day. Harold Landry, a guy who plays 90, 95% of snaps, who does all the dirty work. Who, like John, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. he's the new Jarrell Casey where his heart is his biggest factor. He finally gets the sack. He finally makes that splash play. And then on third down, we don't blow third down for once. We play off coverage. We play it conservative, but we play it smart. We funnel the screen pass into the center. It's a nine-yard gain. They punt on fourth and eight, and then Arthur Smith, Tannehill, Corey Davis, and Derrick Henry just win the game. I don't want to jinx myself here, guys, but have <laughs> has Lamar Jackson been figured out? I mean, we, I, I kind of feel like, you know, after our drudging of the Ravens last year and after watching them for a full 60 minutes, 60 plus minutes today, I don't think he, I don't think he's got it. <laughs> I think he is a guy that if you put the game in his hands, I don't think he's able to do it. And I bet that's probably the reason why he pr- pretty much was going to slip into the second round, if not further. I- I'm not seeing it. Well, Tony Romo uh, pregame had a really good point. Yes, he is the uh, reigning uh, NFL MVP, Derry, but he could have really used an offseason because uh, we knew every defensive coach 
uh, on every other team in the NFL is going to spend all offseason trying to figure this guy out, right? And uh, he was going to need an offseason, which he didn't get, an offseason program, which he didn't get, a training camp, which he didn't get, a preseason, all that stuff. I think they are going to eventually be able to add caveats to him. They were not able to do that. We forget because he won uh, the MVP last year that uh, this guy's a very young quarterback. So uh, in a way, Jonathan will say, yeah, he looks figured out. But I think uh, more than uh, any other quarterback, I think he really was hurt by what's going on. This I, year. Also, I also think that when you it, look at all the young and talented wide receivers around the league, and I will say that Baltimore does not seem like they've got much in regard to receiver help. I know Hollywood Brown is there, but I, I, you know Hollywood Brown's not a number one. And, you know, when they're he's also not a perfect fit for and when you're, you know, picking the scraps of Des Bryant and bringing him onto the team. And yeah, that tells you they're pretty desperate. Yeah. For somebody. Yeah. So so it's hard to judge. I I agree. I think that for right now, I think the league has sort of figured him out. He doesn't have the weapons and he and he's definitely not a very accurate passer down the field, even though, um, you know, I think last year his accuracy was solid. But um, it'll be interesting to see if they get him some more. Um, weapons in the offseason, what that team can turn into. But certainly he's got a great defense. Um, they can run the ball. And, you know, any quarterback should be happy with those two, uh, you know, those two elements of uh, of the team. Plus, they, they're still winning, right? They still have a chance to make the playoffs. Their schedule right. down the stretch a lot, very much easier than ours. So, <laughs> Although it's funny, it's very, it's funny you say that because, right. you know, at, when we were talking before about a lot of guys hitting the ice baths tonight and, you know, licking their wounds, they turn around and they have to play the Steelers on Thanksgiving. So they have like, <laughs> they have four oh, or five days right. to, yeah. to, to, till they have to go again. And well, that's going to be oh. hard. <laughs> that's a... Pittsburgh was never in a game today. <laughs> yeah. So they've, uh, they'll, they'll have that benefit. They just rolled the Jags. Mm. You make a really good point, Derry. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be really good for a long time. I really think that, but I really think they're, it's just going to, he's going to need to get to continue that, that evolution. And they were more built for him mm-hmm. last year than this year. Blaine has pointed out on our podcast multiple times. They had three good tight ends last year because of injury mm-hmm. and free agency. They have one, you know, Hollywood Brown is good, fast. They need a guy like Corey Davis, who, like you mentioned earlier, John, he never gets a ball thrown right at him. And so they need big guys. It doesn't really matter if they can get behind guys. They need guys that can get up and catch a ball in traffic or catch like Mm. not a perfectly thrown ball. So hopefully they will – because I like – I don't like the Ravens, but I do like Lamar Jackson. I'd like to see him be good in this league. He's good for this league. He's so electric. And to see him on the sideline without his helmet, the guy has really filled out. I know one of the things was, ah, he doesn't have the Frankfurt. The guy is really going to be a really good player. They're just going to have to – uh, he just yeah, needs a little agree. more time. All right, guys, so because of this win, we just get to sit back and enjoy these afternoon games, uh, a lot of them of AFC interest, uh, starting with, of course, Colts-Packers. That game is currently 7-7 as we record this. Uh, we've got Dolphins-Broncos also 7-7. Earlier, the Texans uh, remarkably beat the Patriots. A lot of AFC contenders, John. Which one of these games? Uh, this um, I think, you know, all of these games kind of stand out because we're kind of watching at a distance, right? You know, we've, we've got our game going on. I'm watching the ticker at the bottom. Um, and today on, on Fox, they had the Eagles and Browns. And uh, the Eagles are a terrible team. I just want to go on record and say that. But the whole, <laughs> I think the whole first half, they didn't have an offensive touchdown or it might have been the whole first quarter. But the Browns slowly beat them 22, 17. Um, and the Browns are sitting there with us now. Ty, uh, we're at, we're both at seven and three and looking for 
wildcard positioning. So that's one that I, I had my eyes on all day and was hoping Philly can pull out something so we have a little bit of breathing room, uh, especially since we play the Browns in, what, two weeks. So that's when I had my eyes on. But you're right, Green Bay and India, that's where my eyes now shift. I expect to, the back, the Packers to take care of the to the Colts, but you never know. It's a pick for me. Uh, Landon, what stands out to you this afternoon? Well, just it has to be Packers-Colts. Because of the debacle 10 days ago, we're behind the eight ball against the Colts to where, yes, next week, if we, if we win next week against them, we're in the driver's seat for the division. But if we lose, we have to beat them outright in record. And to do so, I, I think we need the Packers to beat the Colts in order to feel confident. Like you said, John, we play the Browns in two weeks. And then we play the Lions, Jags, Texans. Those should all be wins. But then we also play the Packers, and now the Colts will play the Steelers. So it's pretty much both of us have two really tough games after this week. If we're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because we won the division, not because we were good enough to be a wild card team. Well said. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, you, you make a good point about the Packers coming up in, in December on Sunday Night Football, which I think will be a huge stage. And honestly, I really love the way we take advantage of certain times being on a big stage. It didn't happen to, uh, t- like you said, 10 days ago on Thursday night. But I kind of like our swagger, especially if we win these next couple, heading into to a Sunday night bout with the Packers. I think that's going to be such a big game. And, you know, that's going to really tell me exactly what our ceiling is and what, what we're going to have, what we're going to be capable of. You know, I mean, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell me everything I need to know, how we handle the games up until then and then that game. And then what we do from there on out, I'll, I'll kind of have a feeling of it. Derry, Dolphins playing the Broncos right now. Um, they're not in our division. This is an ascending team, though, right? Yeah, ascending team, a really good defense. They don't seem to sort of hurt themselves. I like Tua. I, I think as a rookie, I think Tua is, you know, in the handful of games he's played, I think he's played really smart. It's funny. That's a very flawed offensive team. They don't really, you know, no Gaskins, yet right. they're still uh, able to be effective. I'm also, you know, the 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 game tonight, the Raiders-Chiefs, Obviously, um, the Raiders' schedule after ton- after uh, tonight's game is the next couple of games are pretty easy. So they beat the uh, Chiefs want already. The Ch- uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I hope the Chiefs can help us out a little bit. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah, otherwise, I'm definitely like everybody said that, that Colts game is critical. Uh, I think the entire from what I saw earlier in the week, the entire Raiders' defense hasn't practiced all week, and they've been on the COVID list. Uh, I'm not sure if they were positive cases or just high risk or high contact, uh, but I expect the Chiefs to beat them by like 30. There's so much swagger there. Uh, there always has been, but the Raiders have that swagger. They beat them once. I would expect the Chiefs to have them figured out this time, but well, you never know. Uh, it will be an intriguing game tonight, tomorrow. You know, a lot of times we'll have really good Saturday afternoons, and then we'll have maybe a stinker because there's some just bad teams in the NFL this season. But tonight, and then primetime will be just kind of stinkers. But tonight, we've got a really good game. Tomorrow night, Rams, Bucks. So just, just a great weekend of football. That's all we have time for, guys. Celebrating this big win. I know you are too. We'll be back with you later in this week and we'll preview really big Titans, Colts, uh, second matchup of the season. season. Fellas, thanks for getting with us. Uh, for Landon, Derry, And big fella, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.